Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Danny Shapiro, and this is The Way We Live Now. Today is day 106 since we've learned what to do with pinto beans and day 52 of this podcast. I'm an only child, and both of my parents are gone. My dad died when I was in my early 20s. And one of the things I've thought about so much since the beginning of the pandemic are those of us who are fearful of losing our loved ones. My guest today is Chelsea Urson, creator and host of the really wonderful podcast, Dear Young Rocker. Chelsea is also an only child. Here's her story. Chelsea, thank you so much for joining me to talk about the way we live now. Danny, thank you so much for having me today. So describe for us where you are right now while we're having this conversation. Where are you sitting? What are you looking at? So I am sitting on an old upturned milk crate. I'm looking at a bare light bulb that's blaring in my eyes. And I am in my basement which uh, is very musty. I live in a house in Cambridge, Massachusetts that was built in the early 1800s. And there's a lot of dirt and rocks down here. Um, But I like the smell of basements. I've always found it kind of comforting. And this is actually where I I record my podcast. Um, So I'm down here a lot. There's some cobwebs and there's some, some mold, but I don't mind it too much. Yeah, no, it's a lot of us are in our basements and, you know, deep, deep in our homes these days. So I really, I wanted to have you on the show today because 
I love your podcast, um, Dear Young Rocker. And I'm also an only child. You and I have that in common. And can you tell us from the start of the pandemic what your experience has been like during COVID-19? For me, physically, things have not changed radically because before the pandemic, I was a podcaster and freelance writer working from home. And now I am still that. I just no longer occasionally go to restaurants or cafes to write. I am just writing in my house. Um, And the biggest changes have been my, you know, my mental state. I've always been a person who's embraced solitude because that was the state I was born into. I was an only child and my parents divorced when I was very young um, and neither ever remarried or dated or really brought family friends over. So I was raised pretty much alone. And I've learned, I was bitter about that when I was younger, but in my adult life, I've learned that a lot of my strength comes from that. And a lot of my creative intuition comes from having lived so much of my life in my head, coming up with stories to entertain myself. Mm-hmm. So for me, quarantine wasn't a a big shock or a big change. Of course, I miss my my closest friends and seeing them on Zoom isn't the same, but I haven't really seen my parents, which is different. And I wasn't like a see them every week kind of daughter anyway, but now that it's been three months, it feels strange thinking that the last time I hugged them was, you know, probably four months ago. Yeah. So that's the biggest change. And they are both um, nurses in one of the busiest hospitals in the country. And my mom is 69 years old and she is a nurse manager. So she has to coordinate eight COVID-19 units single-handedly holding five or six pagers and cell phones and walking the whole hospital And my dad is an ICU nurse, so he works directly with COVID patients, and he's 62. Um, And that's really scary because many nurses in their hospital and in their departments have come down with COVID because even in hospitals where you would think everything's as sanitized as possible, there are people who take a test and get a false negative and they are put in with the rest of the patients who aren't COVID and it spreads and it spreads to the nurses and hearing exactly the gruesome details of what it looks like to die from this disease Mm. and how you're separated from your family, from my parents. um, I just can't get that. I can't get those images out of my mind. And, you know, at this point we're three months in and it's nice out and people are going outside, they're pulling their masks down occasionally, they're feeling hopeful. And I am not feeling any different. I still know that it is a non-zero chance I could lose both of my parents to this disease um, before this is over. And it could be two years until there's a vaccine. So that is something that I feel 
very much alone in, in a different way than I felt alone in my life before. Mm. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, that no, that that makes so much sense. It's I think it's almost more personal for us when it's not about us ourselves, but about um, feeling so protective of the people that we love and this sense that we, you know, for better and for worse, are all in this together. And what you do affects me, and what I do affects you, and what somebody does in, you know, another state or who has a pool party or who, mm-hmm. um, you know, decides that masks aren't necessary. You know, all of these things affect all of us. And um, can I ask what what state are your parents in? So they're also in Massachusetts. Okay. I've lived here my whole life, and they work at the um, big hospital in Worcester, UMass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So did they start really sharing with you the stories of, you know, what they were seeing pretty much right from the start? Or did they try to protect you from it at all? It's like everything's been in my life with divorced parents. I've been ripped into very separate directions in that my dad downplays it, which is surprising because he's a very scientific person. He loves he loves science. He loves reading popular science magazines and watching, you know, Nova and everything. But he started with, oh, it's just another flu. And I thought that was so strange coming from him, who's a very, like, realist, um, until I realized he was protecting me. Because I texted him early on, are you going to be working with the COVID patients? Like, can't they make the younger nurses do that? And instead of saying yes or no, he just said, oh, I'm so healthy for my age. I've never had any lung problems, which isn't true. He's had a fungal infection of his lungs. And then he just started sending me these cutesy Facebook messages every day with pictures of puppies and kittens and rainbows, but not really talking about anything. And on the other end of the spectrum, my mom has called me in tears uh, many times, um, just nearly collapsing from exhaustion of working a 13-hour shift at 69 years old with a mask on and telling me today we ran out of body bags. So they brought in these new body bags that are from the government and they're all black. They're for, I think, battlefield casualties and they're thick and rubber and you can't even see the body, the shape of the body when they're in them. Mm. And she described these bags being stacked up in hallways. And all I can do since hearing that detail is imagine my parents being zipped up into one. Mm. Um, And my mom told me a scene of early on, she fought, I mean, verbally screamed, had a screaming match with another manager just to uh, allow a family to see their nine-year-old daughter who was dying um, just through a window. The other manager didn't want to let the parents even in the building, um, even though it's it, there's a separate entrance through a tunnel and there's a window, there's all these precautions. And my mom just used her last you know, ounce of energy to let these parents um, wave goodbye to their daughter. And that's still happening. And as I see these people on Twitter, talking about, you know, things are getting better and maybe we don't all need to use masks. We can use herd immunity in our friend groups. I just feel like I'm being gaslit. Like they live in a different reality because I have these images. Yeah. No, I'm just imagining how it is for you. I mean, you, you live alone and I relate very much to that feeling that solitude is your friend, 
but it's this is a different kind of solitude now. And you're hearing directly so much about what's going on, and then we're all inundated by, you know, this kind of relentless um, social media and news cycle that is so noisy and and so full of opinion and there's information and then there's you know false information and and I just wonder how you're managing to like sort of handle emotionally being in this place where um, there's got to be so much anger at the people who aren't taking this seriously. I'm hearing so many stories of people being upset, frustrated, angry, just out on the street, somebody running by without a mask jogging right. or, you know, people who are just deciding that it's okay to get together in groups um, right. and all sorts of stuff like that. But you it's so personal for you. And it's not just about you and your own, you know, health as a young woman, but it's about your parents and what they're facing. I, I heard a story in New York where a nurse working in, in one of the COVID units you know, was walking home in her in her scrubs or whatever, and people in a cafe, mm-hmm. outside in a cafe with no masks on, were applauding her. And she's mm-hmm. like, don't applaud me. Put on your masks. Absolutely. It's really tough. I've had to really be careful on social media um, because if I end up in that hole, I fall down that rabbit hole with people who believe it's a hoax and whatever, I, I've... I feel like I'm going to black out from just anxiety and anger. It's this like combined feeling that I just, it's like an instant panic attack instead of a rise to a panic attack. It's just an instant. I cannot breathe. Um, and I'm like, you are going to kill someone's mom or dad or, or sister or brother or child. Um, and I, I, yeah, I can't separate from that. And I just, you know, being a memoirist, you, you just want to take control of the narrative. I want to write about this. I want to be in the future telling my younger self, you get through it. It's, it's all going to be okay. Or whatever happens, you, you find the way to wrap up the story, even if something terrible does happen. Um, But I haven't been able to write about it. And I guess I'm just, I'm just too close to it. I'm too in it right now. Um, And I, I want to find that hopeful note to end the story on, but I think, I don't think hope is the right, thing for me right now and I actually turned to my favorite book when things fall apart by Payment Children which I turn to anytime I have a problem and she writes a lot about giving up hope and that's kind of what I'm trying to actually move towards um she says that giving up hope is an affirmation or abandoning hope is an affirmation. And I actually found this quote today that I'd like to share um, that, that kind of spoke to me. And she says, to stay with that shakiness, to stay with a broken heart, a rumbling stomach, with the feelings of hopelessness, that is the path of true awakening. Sticking with that uncertainty Getting the knack of relaxing in the midst of chaos, that is the spiritual path. So I just see this as a learning opportunity and a growth opportunity to be faced with the most uncertainty 
I've ever had in, in some ways and to, to just feel every inch of it and um, think about the other people experiencing this and send them love and see if eventually I'll, I'll learn something from it. Chelsea, that's beautiful. And thank you for reading Pema to us. It's just making me think of one, one last thing, which is there's this writing exercise that I have given my students for years um, of beginning every sentence with the words I remember. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really beautiful writing prompt um, because if you write the words I remember, you will finish the sentence. It's just, they're that evocative. But then um, a friend of mine, the writer Ruth Ozeki, kind of, who's a fiction writer, sort of turned that exercise up a notch into a fiction writing exercise that you just made me think of when you said that you're, you know, that you're, as a memoirist, you're having a hard time writing right now, which is mm-hmm. imagine that you are remembering this from a future time. Mm. I haven't tried to do that, but I just think it's interesting because we don't know right now. We're living with profound uncertainty about everything from from the big things to the small things. And yet we are living through a moment in time that in all likelihood we will look back on someday with Mm. a different kind of measure of clarity than we can possibly have right now. But we can imagine what it would be. I can only imagine that I'll look back on this as a time I had, you know, I have this one big worry, but a lot of my little worries aren't there and or they're dwarfed Mm -hmm. by this one big cloud. And I have had time to think about, you know, writing another book. I've had had time to let my mind truly wander. And sometimes that's good. And sometimes that's bad. But I don't know that I'll ever have a period of this kind of freedom again in my life. Very perspective giving. Yeah. Chelsea, thank you so much. It was a really wonderful conversation. And uh, I hope your parents stay well and that you continue to grow through this and, you know, find and make meaning of it. Thank you, Danny. And I'm looking forward to hearing more of the stories on these podcasts and, and seeing what I can take from them to figure out my own ending to the story. Thanks for listening to The Way We Live Now. Tell us the way you're living now. We want to hear. Call us on, you might want to get a pen for this, 909-713-8995. That's 909-713-8995. And record your story, and we might just use it on the pod. Also, you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash the way we live now pod. We are creating a community here and we would love for you to join us. You can find me on Instagram at Danny Ryder. The Way We Live Now is a production of iHeartRadio. It's produced by Lowell Berlanti. Beth Ann Macaluso is executive producer. Special thanks to Tristan McNeil and Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.